Hey there, welcome to the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute podcast, episode one. You miss more by not looking than by not knowing. Welcome to the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute podcast, where we are building profitable food businesses, one product, one process, one thought at a time. Now here's your host, Dr. Michelle Fannensteel. Hi there, and welcome to the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute podcast, brought to you by Dirigo Food Safety. I'm Dr. Michelle Fannensteel, and I run Dirigo Food Safety. I'm the CEO, I'm the president, I'm the chief cook and bottle washer. And we work out of uh, Yarmouth, Maine. Dirigo is Latin for I lead. It's our state motto here in Maine, and we love it. And I'd like to welcome you to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. And if you stick around for the entire podcast, I promise at the end you will find out how to get a free 30-minute session with me to answer any question you want to ask about um, food, food safety, food businesses, marketing, any of the things that we do here at Dirigo Food Safety and the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute. So let me launch right in into introductions, and then we're going to actually go into some coaching because I don't think that this first podcast episode should just be fluff and all about me and all that good sort of stuff. Uh, I want you to actually like learn something and, and understand where we're coming from here at the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute so that you can go out and build the businesses that you were meant to build. Um, so I run Jurgo Food Safety, and we started SFBDI the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute, uh, so that we could bring uh, the work that we do with local food producers and processors to a much wider worldwide audience. Because we really believe that local food can be the engine of economic prosperity for regions the world over. When you do local food well and you do local food safely and create wholesome products that solve problems out in the world, there's truly nothing we can't do uh, in food production and processing. And uh, so let me just... Uh, introduce myself and who I am and how I got started here. So I, again, I'm Dr. Michelle Fannensteel, and I am a regulatory veterinarian. I went to the University of Georgia for my vet degree, go dogs, sick them. And I went to Wellesley undergrad. I studied economics and geology there at Wellesley. And I started this business because I was trying to feed my babies. Uh, when my first kid was uh, born in, I guess, 2008, uh, he was allergic to dairy and soy. And while I was trying to feed him, I figured out that I had to cut dairy and soy out of my diet. And I had a very hard time doing that because there was a lot of super processed food out there that I was eating that had dairy and soy in it. And I couldn't eat it anymore. And so I started meeting lots of producers and processors as I sought out ways to make my own food <laughs> so I could eat, so I could feed my babies, right? Uh, and I figured out at that point that uh, the local food industry really needed a set of skills that I had. See, after I graduated from veterinary school, I went into the U.S. Army as a veterinarian. And most people don't know this, but the U.S. Army... Um, is the Department of Defense Executive Agent for Food Safety. 
And that means we do all the food inspection for the Army in the chow halls and in the dorms at West Point. Um, and uh, we do meat inspection when we're overseas. We work on a whole number of things. Uh, and I inspected everything from the smallest caterers uh, to the great big food production facilities um, that have vats of food that are bigger than you can possibly imagine. Uh, and we do that because, as Napoleon said, an army travels on its stomach. And I assure you, if that stomach has foodborne illness, the army's not going very far. And so we, the uh, U.S. Army veterinarians, inspect food for all of the branches of the military and all the Department of Defense civilians. And so that's how I learned how to do food safety. Most veterinarians who have my background actually work for government agencies, the USDA, the FDA, the Department of Homeland Security, or states and localities helping to regulate food. Well, when I came out of the Army, I knew I didn't want to go work for the government, and so I decided to go work for small business. And my company, Dirigo Food Safety, is really in the business of helping local food producers and processors cope with government regulation. You know, we, we provide a lot of results, but that's one of the biggest results that, uh, that we provide. And we do that by working with clients around these four pillars of service that we have. And the first pillar is technical expertise. I am a subject matter expert in food safety. I can, you know, like write rings around any food safety plan. We teach and we train on all the current uh, food safety schemes, like preventive controls plans and HACCP plans for fish and meat and poultry and all these different sorts of things. We write good manufacturing practices and humane handling plans and sanitary dressing plans and sanitary control procedures plans. And we're going to be talking over the course of the podcast about all of those different things because they all mean something and they're all super important for local food producers to understand so that you understand what field you are playing in, okay? The big guys, they all have people like me that work for them. They have an office. They're in their plans. I'm here to help you understand what the government is asking you, what your clients are asking you and how to cope with all of it. Okay. So that brings us to our second pillar of what we do here at Dirigo Food Safety. So our first pillar was technical expertise and making sure that, that uh, small businesses know how to write HACCP plans and, and all that good sort of stuff. The second pillar is actually marketing. I am a certified coach in the book yourself solid system. Uh, it was put out by Michael Port. He just wrote the third edition of the book and it's great. I highly recommend it. And I have used the book yourself solid system, not only to grow my business. I mean, I think I've probably doubled my business since I, since I implemented it, but I use the system with my clients because the truth of the matter is, is that not only do people do business with people that they know, like, and trust, people only buy from you if you are solving a problem. And I do not care if you grow the world's most perfect tomato. If you don't get that tomato to the customer in a way that solves that customer's problem, it really doesn't matter. Okay, you can have the world's most perfect lamb, the most perfect steers or whatever. And if you're not creating a solution for a customer problem, 
nobody is going to do business with you, okay? You are going to have a hobby instead of a business. Businesses make money. Hobbies cost money, okay? And what I mean by that is that you're in this to make a profit, okay? And through understanding marketing, you understand how you make a profit. And that's what we're all about. We are about sustainability through profitability. Small food businesses need to be profitable. Okay? So that's the second arm of what we do. The third is employee empowerment. We have a super big problem in food production, really at all sizes, uh, of, of employees um, either not there or um, disengaged or... Um, Otherwise, not helping create the businesses that um, put out safe food and drive economic prosperity. And we've solved that problem through the Strive system, okay? We help companies understand that when employees are safe, trained, respected, invested in, and valued... It creates empowered employees. And that's the Strive system. And you're going to hear a ton about that over the course of this podcast. And then finally, I have uh, a branch of the business that does life coaching. Because the truth of the matter is, is to go out and build the businesses that we were meant to create, to be the people the universe is calling us to be. We have to stop thinking about past thoughts. We have to stop living our lives out of our past and we have to start living our lives in our future. Life coaching is all about understanding the causes of how we think, what we think, and what we feel, going out and making deliberate choices, and creating intention in our lives to create the results that we want. By combining those four pillars, technical expertise, marketing, employee empowerment, and life coaching, small holder food businesses will be unstoppable. They will be able to go out and make the changes in the world that we need to make in order to feed everybody, in order to create dynamic, prosperous regional economies based on food. And that is what we are all about. So with that in mind, what I want to talk about today is our topic, which is you miss more by not looking than by not knowing. I talk about this with my clients all the time. One of the biggest values I give to my clients is the fact that I am a new set of eyes walking into their plant. And they walk by the same thing every day and don't see it. And I walk in and I see it and boom, they're like, oh my God, how have we missed that? Okay, you miss more by not looking than by not knowing. But what I want to talk about today is what that means when it comes to your mind. Because by managing your mind and looking at what you're thinking, you'll be able to look at any other problem. And the reason that we do this is because falling into overwhelm, into confusion, into, I don't know, I don't want to make a decision, yet the, this is all super expensive, okay? Small business is hard enough to run as it is. And when you refuse to make a decision or when you decide to wallow in overwhelm, this actually gets to be super, super expensive. Okay. When you decide to manage your mind, when you look at your mind and you want to know your own thoughts, you'll understand how 
your circumstances trigger thoughts which create feelings, actions, and then results. And we're going to dive into that super deep in just a minute. When you figure out that you can look at the world and you can observe the world and you can pick what thoughts you want to have, you're going to have less anxiety. You're going to sleep better at night because you're going to understand how your own thoughts are triggering those loops in your mind that are making you miserable. And then finally, the super big result over doing this work of observing yourself the way you observe your surroundings is you free yourself from past limitations to create the business that you have always dreamed of. We work so hard. Imagine if there were tools out there that helped you understand your own mind so that you can apply all of the genius that you guys have in making amazing food to running amazing businesses so that food solves problems. And that is what we are about here at Dirigo Food Safety and the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute. So let's dive right in and talk about what it means to look at our own mind. And here's what I'd like for you to think about. You are surrounded by things in the world, okay? There are facts about your existence that are indisputable, okay? And I want to present to you something called the model, where we look at those facts around the world that we live in and think about them differently. Now, this is work that was uh, created and published by a woman named Brooke Castillo out of Allen, Texas. And she's over at the Life Coach School podcast. I highly recommend it. She's been podcasting for years. Um, and her work is truly life-changing. And what I am doing is taking her work as well as my work and technical expertise and bringing it to food businesses so that we can change the world. But the first thing that we got to do is understand that we got to manage our own mind. And we manage our own mind by looking at our own mind as the very first step. So here's the idea. We have circumstances in our lives. These circumstances are neutral. You know, I run a business, okay? I work on the second floor of the old Mason Hall in Yarmouth, Maine. I work above a restaurant called Gather, and they're amazing. I um, have three wonderful, fabulous kids. I have a great husband, okay? When we talk about our lives, we talk in paragraphs, okay? And most of the time, we're on autopilot, and we talk in both facts of our lives and thoughts about our lives. Okay. When we're on autopilot, those thoughts are coming just they're 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 being they're being created in the deepest parts of our brain where our brain is out there trying to get us to think thoughts that will protect us. Okay? Our brain loves to protect us. That's what we have evolved to do all right, is to stay away from the monsters, stay away from the tigers and the charging, you know, elephants and, and mammoths and things like that, all right? And our brain is looking to protect us. And so we live most of our life on autopilot. You know, we have in the neighborhood of 60,000 individual thoughts a day. 
And most of the time, we don't even know what the heck we're thinking. And this is true of everybody, right? And there's a lot of what we think where we don't even know where we're going with the thought, what the thought was, or anything like that, okay? And what I invite you to consider is, is that if you want to create the results in the world that you want to create, you got to think more intentional thoughts, all right? So we have circumstances, all right? And I will take a perfect example of what I just said. I said I had three fabulous kids. The circumstance of that sentence is actually I have three kids. I have fabulous kids is a thought. Now, it's a thought I choose to believe because, in fact, my children are fabulous, as I say. But it's still, and I'm joking, really. But the, the thought, I have fabulous kids, is a thought I want to think, okay? And if you, if you start looking at your thoughts, you're going to have thoughts that you want to think and thoughts that you don't want to think. Sometimes your thoughts serve you, and sometimes your thoughts really just do not serve you. And the whole trick is to understand which thoughts aren't serving you and change them. Because you don't want to change all of your thoughts. I mean, I assure you, you do not want to start thinking about how you breathe. It is totally okay to have how you breathe go on autopilot because, fascinating as everybody's diaphragm is, Nobody wants to think about it all day, even though you could, right? Because you can control your own breathing. You can think thoughts, you know, like if you're trying to calm down and take a deep breath, that's you thinking a thought and creating an action on your diaphragm, right? Well, all 60,000 thoughts you think every day are actually optional. Let's figure out how to create Thoughts that serve us instead of thoughts that don't serve us so that we can solve the problems in the world, okay? And we do that by looking at our circumstances and seeing our circumstances that are the facts of the world and that's it. I have three kids. I run a business. I work on the second floor of a building. I work in Yarmouth, Maine. Some of the facts of your business might be I make... $500,000 in revenue a year. I am $80,000 in debt. I have 15 employees. I produce and pack tomatoes. I slaughter 10 cows and six pigs every single day. Those are the facts of the business. Anybody could look at those and determine that those are the facts of the business, right? Well, those circumstances that you have create or trigger, I guess, thoughts. And those are the optional thoughts that I'm talking about. Okay. So in my example, I have three kids. My thought is they are fabulous. I think that thought and that thought creates a feeling. Okay. And it creates a feeling that I experience in my body. Okay. When I think about uh, how fabulous my kids are, my heart swells with love because I love them, right? Well, all of our feelings can be grounded in our body. I was uh, doing some of this thought work yesterday, and I had a thought, and um, I just, I, I looked, I'm not gonna lie, I use the feelings wheel, Google feelings wheel, and you can, you can start discerning what your own feelings are. And I, I felt sad over this thought. And I felt that sadness in my body behind my sternum and kind of at the base of my heart. And describing our feelings where we feel them in our body is a powerful exercise 
okay? And looking inside ourselves to feel where we feel that vibration. Because feelings, my friends, are vibrations. That's it, okay? Feelings aren't forever, and you can live through feelings. No matter how bad that feeling might be, it's a vibration in your body. It is the thought that is creating that feeling that is making you miserable. And if you want that feeling to change, you must change your thoughts. Then when we change our thoughts and we create new feelings, after we felt all our feelings, and we're going to talk about that in, in, you know, over the course of the podcast about what it means to feel our feelings. All right. We're going to feel our feelings and then we're going to create actions. Okay. And when we create actions out of feelings that um, come from thoughts that serve us, those actions will have purpose and they will create the results we want in the world. And that's what we're all about. We're all about creating results. You know, my kids homeschool, okay? And while, yes, it's important that they try at their homework, there's only a certain number of ways that they actually get results. They either make it or they don't, right? And that's true of almost everything that we can think about and true of all the things that we think about, really. And so when we approach life as if the results matter, because I promise the results matter, you know, when you take out a bank loan, the bank is looking for the result of getting paid back. That result matters, okay? <laughs> when we create intentional thoughts that create feelings that, that are, are appropriate, are the feelings that are appropriate to the situation, okay? Because this doesn't mean we're going to be happy all the time. I promise you, you dive into this work and you're going to be unhappy and have negative feelings in the neighborhood of 50% of the time. Now, that's surely better than the 80 to 90% of the time most of us are walking around feeling terrible. 50% is a super big improvement on that, right? But that's as good as it's going to get. But that's okay, because negative feelings can be super appropriate. You know, I just got off the phone with somebody who's uh, FSIS inspector. So that's the Food Safety Inspection Service of the USDA. They do the meat and poultry inspections. Their FSIS inspector is not doing a great job. And the feelings around that from the, from the thought that my client is creating are negative. And that's appropriate because their business is in jeopardy. All right. There, it is appropriate to have negative thoughts. When somebody dies, we're not going to pretend to be happy because that would be weird. All right? Negative thoughts are appropriate. It's the actions and results that we get out of our thoughts that we have to focus on. Okay? And so when we have actions and results that create the business that we want to create, that create us in the universe that we want to create, that's truly what we're going after. And by looking at our thoughts, the same way we look at our plants, we look at our facilities, and we make changes, we can be the most powerful people that we are being called to be, okay? and local food can truly make the changes in the universe that they were meant to create. And so I invite you to join us on this journey. 
I'm so happy to have you along. I look forward to serving you and answering your questions. There will be ways to under, to interact with us. Uh, you can always go to the Facebook page. All right, we're Dirigo Food Safety at um, on Facebook. You can just you know type us in the search engine and you'll find us. I do lots of Facebook Live, so you can always find me over there every other Tuesday, noon Eastern. <laughs> okay, and. We talk over there about all those four pillars of, of how to create a successful food business that the world is calling you to create. And we look forward to continuing the conversation over there. And if you really like what we are doing, I invite you to send us an email at info at dirigofoodsafety.com. And that's D-I-R-I-G-O, info at dirigofoodsafety.com. And we will write you back, I promise, real life human being. We'll write you back and we'll invite you to schedule a 30-minute session with me, Dr. Fanonsteel, where we can cover any question that you have about running your food business. I so look forward to talking with you all and serving, serving you all. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll see you next time. You've been listening to Dr. Michelle Fannin-Steel on the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute podcast. We hope you loved the show. For more information and show notes, please find us at sfbdi.com. Thanks for listening.